is weaponizing your worship. We got a lot of arsenals against the enemy. Remember last week I mentioned we got not only God, but we got the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Ghost, and we got them angels. But there's another weapon that we got. So if you will, now, I didn't give this scripture to my boy in the back, but if you don't mind, open up to John chapter 4. And while y'all do that, I'm going to get my glasses on so I don't misread God's holy word. <laughs> John chapter 4, that's in the New Testament. If you read my Bible, it's page 1528. We're going to start at verse 23, if you don't mind. But the hour is coming, and now is. When is? Now is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Listen to this. For the Father is what? Seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God right now is looking for true worshipers. Now, a lot of us listen to Christian radio every day, and that's all fine and good. Listen to your Christian radio every day. A lot of y'all don't listen to Christian radio every day. I feel sorry for you. Because I'm going to teach you something about worship that's very important. Because remember, the Bible mentions that Satan had a role in heaven before he was kicked out. He was the leader of worship. There's a scripture in the Bible that mentions that Satan's body was actually made up of tubes and pipes, horns, instruments. I'll share that with y'all during the Bible study because it's going to get kind of deep, but that's not my topic today. When we're dealing with worship and music, you got to understand that there's power in music. There is something about worship, something about music that inspires a person or makes it easy for a person to learn something. I'm going to sing a song. And y'all let me know if y'all know who sang it. All my rowdy friends have settled down. Who knows that song? Okay. Did that bring back some memories? I know, right? <laughs> she said, don't quit my day job. That's the truth. I won't. <laughs> but isn't it amazing how you learned the lyrics to that song back when you was a young person, and those songs, those lyrics are still in your head today? There is power in that music. And Satan, the god of this world, the god of the, the Bible says Satan is the spirit god of the spirit of the air. And what do we have? All this stuff is transmitting through the airwaves. The music is transmitted through the airwaves and the Bible says Satan is the god of the air, lowercase g, not capital G. So that means that when you turn on your radio, what are you learning? What are you listening to? Because you're feeding something. What are you feeding? 
What lyrics are rolling in your head to help you defeat the devil? Because that's what the devil does. See, let me break it down for you. When you're listening to things that don't edify your spirit, that's making the enemy stronger and making you weaker so that when he comes to attack you with sickness, comes to attack you with cancer, comes to attack your husband, comes to attack your wife, your kids, whatever the situation may be, he has a gateway in because your mind has not been stayed on Jesus. Your mind's been stayed on all my rowdy friends. There's a tear in my beard because I'm crying for you, dear. You were on my lonely mind. Uh-huh. Y'all thought I didn't know that stuff, did you? <laughs> I fooled you. Backsliders trivia. And those things stay in your head. So when it's time for you to fight against the devil, what you fighting with? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I'm going to read something to you. Because you know me. I'm going to try my best not to take long. I know y'all laughing at me, right? If you don't mind, open up your Bible to Exodus chapter 17. And I pray that, did I get it right this time, Maddox? Exodus chapter 17. We're going to start at verse 8. I'm doing New King James, but whatever version you want to use, you may use it. Now, Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men. Right? We got the right version, right? Okay, good, good, good. Choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow, I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek. Moses is telling who? I'm going to go on top of this hill with a rod in my hand. But he doesn't tell you what he's going to do with that rod in his hand. It's going to reveal it right here. And so it was, hold on, hold on, hold on. Joshua did as Moses, Moses said, him and fought with Amalek and Moses, Aaron, and her. I need three volunteers. Big Tony, come here. If you don't mind, uh, stand right here if you please. I need two more volunteers. Uh, Brother Laverne. Brother Bobby. Laverne, you stand right here. Brother Bobby, you stand right here. I want y'all to see what's going on. Okay? Yeah, right, right beside him. Now, don't y'all do anything. And it was so when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. Raise up your hands, brother. Raise up, not y'all, just Moses, just Moses, just Moses. Raise up your hands, raise up your hands. This is Moses. When he raised up his hands, the army prevailed. Right? And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Right? Raise your hands up again. So Moses is noticing that if I keep my hands up in worship and surrender to God, we win. But if I get tired and let my hands down, we lose. Verse 12. But Moses' hands became heavy. Keep your hands up, man. Moses' hand, both of them, come on, man up. <laughs> I 
Moses' hands became so heavy that they took a stone and put it under him. Now, he can't sit down, but, you know, imagine he's going to sit down right now because Moses can't do it no more. He's, Moses is an old man. And he's sitting up there trying to raise his hands up and so, he's, so, so these people can win this battle. And look, poor Tony, he's, he's already in pain. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. Not yet, not yet. No, don't go before the story. Wait for me now. Wait for me. His hands were so heavy. Verse 12, Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and her, and her supported his hands. Y'all support his hands. Hold, hold his arms up. Come on, hold, hold his arms up, Laverne. Those manos. One side on the other, and the other on the other side. And, hands, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Verse 13, Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. I want y'all to get a visual. I know this is funny, right? But I want y'all to get a visual. Sometimes when you worship in God, remember we talked about the prayer of intercession last week, right? This is the other weapon. When you're worshiping God, there's something supernatural that happens. What do you see happening to the enemy when he starts worshiping God? That's right. The enemy's getting weak and he gets defeated. Y'all may be seated. I want to show you guys something. I know, right? Y'all can say it better if y'all want to. I'm going to explain something to you about worship real quick. Go to Matthew. This is Jesus talking. Matthew chapter 21, verse 16. Matthew chapter 21, verse 16. And Jesus said to him, do you hear what these are saying? I'm sorry. And they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read that out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise? Now, you might be wondering, where did he get that from? Because I'm, I'm trying to set up a scenario because I'm going to show you how this praise thing works, how it can work as a weapon. Jesus is actually quoting Psalms chapter 8, verse 2. Now, I have the NIV version up here because it explains the concept of what's going on in Psalms chapter 8, verse 2. And I want you guys to hear this. Psalm chapter 8, verse 2. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies and silenced the foe, and the avenger. When you worship God, another translation says, it steals the enemy. In other words, the moment you lift up your hands and you start worshiping God, not just listen to some old Christian song, but you worship him in spirit and in truth, the Bible says Satan is frozen in his place. He can't move as long as you're worshiping him. That's a weapon. You got to learn that the music that you're listening to every day, day in and out, is not helping you to steal the enemy. It's helping you to advance his purpose. Because the moment you stop praising him, he goes on the attack. That's why it's important that when we're here in this church, worshiping our Savior, it's important for you guys to understand that, hey, it's not because we want you to feel good. It's because you need it because the enemy's attacking your life. And as long as you're worshiping God, that's one moment in time that he can't attack you anymore. I got sickness in my body, pain in my body when I worship. But when I start worshiping him, isn't it strange that you don't feel that pain anymore? 
When you get lost in worship, all your troubles go away. You forgot that your husband yelled at you. You forgot that your kids acting crazy. You forgot that your daughter was acting stupid. You, you, oh, my Lord. It's like you in your own little world. You forget about everything because that's the purpose of worship. It steals the enemy. Let's watch. Let's read this real quick. Let's tell you what. Let me get a little bit deeper because I want to I combine everything that we learned last week to this week in one story. If you mind, go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to put all this together in this one little story. Remember how we talked about prayer and intercession, right? And now we're talking about worship, right? I'm going to show you how all this works together in one simple story. Now, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Jump in Jehoshaphat. Y'all remember that? And guess what? Jump down to verse 3. And Jehoshaphat feared. Stop. When the enemy threatens to attack you, it's okay to be afraid. I, when the enemy says, hey, wrath, the doctor gives me a bad report. Hey, Rav, you got high blood pressure. Yeah, I got scared. But wait a minute. What did Jehoshaphat do? He set himself to seek who? That means he prayed. He just didn't allow fear to consume him and make him freeze. He decided, no, I got a bad report. I'm going to seek the Lord on this. But not only did he seek the Lord. Verse 4, so... Judah gathered together to ask for help from the Lord. From who? All the cities that they had and they came to seek the Lord. Remember how I told you about intercession? You can't just do it by yourself. As a body of believers, when we come together and we intercede, there's power in that. And I want to show you what intercession actually looks like in the Bible. Now, I'm not going to read all this. I want you guys to take your notes. Read this on your own. From 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 5 through 14, their whole scenario is a prayer of intercession. Read it. Look at how Jehoshaphat dealt with that situation. Read it sometime. I can't read it for you today because I got to keep moving. But what I want you to see is verse 14. When you pray and intercede, Something happens. Look what happened. This is the Old Testament too. Verse 14. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. When you pray and you intercede, the Holy Ghost comes down and he begins to move in your situation. But Ralph, where does the worship part come in? Slow your horses, people. Come on, give me a chance. This is where the worship comes in. Drop down to verse 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. So they arose early in the morning. They went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, or Tekoa. As they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. 
believe his prophets and what you shall prosper. But that's not the point, but I'm going to touch on this a little bit. Remember, he was afraid at the beginning of the story, wasn't he? Does it sound like this joker is afraid right now? What happened to this man that made him bold as a lion? What made him stand his ground? He's spirit of God. But how did he get that spirit of God? Intercession. God saw that prayer. It touched the throne room of God when? On day one. And it touched him. And the Holy Spirit came, or the, the, the power of the Spirit of God came in him. And now he's bold as a lion. Oh, my goodness. Verse 21. And he consulted with the people. He appointed. I'm sorry. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed. I'm at verse 21. He appointed. Listen, at the end of all this, prayer and intercession, power of the Holy Spirit comes. Those who should what? Sing to the Lord. And what? Who should what? Praise the beauty of his holiness. I've given you one of the most powerful weapons that you can ever have as a believer. I've given you prayer of intercession and worship. The prayer is like a scud missile. Y'all know what a scud missile is? You remember the scud missiles? Back in uh, the first Gulf War, some of y'all veterans remember the scud missile? Remember how Saddam was sending them scud missiles? And what did we do? We send up Patriot missiles? Y'all, y'all, like, y'all don't remember that war, but that's one that we won. <laughs> well, your intercessory prayer is like those Patriot missiles intercepting Satan's scud missiles. The more that you pray, the more that you seek God's face, every time the devil launches a weapon against you, that prayer of faith, boom, blows that things up before it can hit you. That's why you got to use your prayer walk, your prayer language, your prayer time. You got to seek God. You got to seek his face. And then you got to worship him in spirit and in truth. Why? Because think about it. When you worship him, he was attacking you, right? Isn't it amazing that when you start worshiping, what happens? He's frozen. He can't move. He's stuck. And he's like, somebody give me some help. <laughs> somebody get this boy listening to some other music other than this, this worship music because I need to finish what I'm, I got to launch some more music, some more weapons. And I can't do more weapons if he's keep listening to that music, worshiping God. So guess what, people? It's important that you worship the Lord your God. Listen to verse 22. This is amazing. When they began to sing praise, hallelujah, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, and those who came against Judah, and they were defeated. When you praise the Lord, he fights your battles. When you worship your holy, all-powerful, all-sovereign, all-omnipotent God, he says, you know what? You keep worshiping, I'm going to fight this. You got a problem with somebody on your job, start worshiping the Lord. You got a problem with something going on in your family, start worshiping the Lord. Let your worship do the work. Because God is like, oh, you see that? Because remember, the Bible says your worship and your prayers is like a sweet incense to him. He smells it and he's like, oh, that's beautiful. You know what? Let's go do something. Let's go take care of this woman's problem. Let's go take care of this man's problem. You dealing with cancer? Worship the Lord through your cancer. 
You're dealing with sickness in your body? Worship the Lord. Quit listening to that foolish music and get something that's going to feed your spirit. Wow. Come on. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Because I want you guys to see how powerful praise is. Because remember, last week we talked about strongholds. And some of you guys still are in bondage to certain sins. Some of you might be dealing with sexual sins, pornography, alcohol, drug addiction, wherever your sin may be. I don't care. Don't want to know. But I got a solution for it. Go to Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to 26. And it says, verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and what? Hallelujah, Lord God, we praise you. Thank you, Jesus. They were praising in the prison. And the prisoners were listening to them. See, when you worship in God, there might be some people listening to you that need to hear what you're saying. See, and you, instead of you singing, all my rowdy friends, you need to be saying, there's power, power, wonder work and power in the blood of the Lamb. Come on. There is power, power, wonder work and power in that precious blood of the Lamb. Come on. Somebody needs to hear that. Woo! Come on, Miss Becky. Power in the blood, yes. That's wonderful power in the blood. Woo, hallelujah. Even Miss Becky's on fire. For y'all who's doubt, can't see what's going on. Miss Becky, how old is Miss Becky? 94 years old, broke out in worship. And she knows the power of worship. She feels that power. And that's real. This is not a show. This is not emotions. This is the real awesome power of the Holy Spirit at work. But let's, let's continue. And they were listening, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately the doors were opened, and everyone's chains, bondages, were broken. If you want your bondages to your sin addiction to be broken, turn off the idiot box, turn off the radio and get yourself into some worship. I'm telling you, I've been where you've been. I did drugs. I did alcohol. I went to the club. I ran women and I enjoyed it. But when I came to Jesus, it's a different story. Thank you. Because something changed inside me. And some of you guys remember the change that happened inside of you. But I'll be doggone if I'm going to go back and give that devil that victory again by listening to his music. See, back when I was a little kid running the streets, we didn't have Christian gospel rap music or Christian music that was cool to listen to. All we had was hymns. And I ain't going to lie, as a young boy, I did not like them hymns. I was like, yeah, it's okay, but that's only for Sunday morning. But then they came up with Christian music that was more my generation speed. So don't be hating on the next generation's worship music. That's for them. Not for you. Remember, your parents hated your music. Hosanna, Hosanna. Your grandma was like, that's that worldly music. Don't hate the next generation. But worship will break that bondage. Now, the next and final weapon. How many minutes I got left? About five minutes. Man, I hope I get this done. Okay. Y'all want to learn the, the last weapon? I gave you two, prayer, worship, 
going to see if we can figure out the next one. I ain't going to tell you just yet. Turn in your Bible, if you will, to um, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. That's where we're going to start at. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shenem, where there was a notable woman. Not some any old type of woman, but a notable woman. Meaning that she probably was a very wealthy woman or a woman that had some type of influence in the community, like some of you young ladies out here have. A very notable woman. And she persuaded him, Elisha, to eat some food. Hmm. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn there and eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. The first thing she says to her husband, yo, number one, she submits to her husband. Come on, women. She submits to her husband. She didn't go off doing her own thing. She submits to her husband and says, hey, let's talk logically for a minute. We know that this man of God, he comes by here daily, right? He's like, yeah, dear. Yeah, he sure does. He, I, when I read this story, I kind of think of Mr. Terry. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a very sensible man. And so she says, please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for who? For him. And a table and chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes by, he can turn in and stay with us. Hmm. What do you think the next weapon is? The next weapon is giving. What? The next weapon is giving. When you give to a man of God, there's a special blessing that's bestowed upon you. Is Billy Jones not a man of God? When you give, not just an offering and a plate, not just a tithe in your normal duties. You notice what she said, her intentions was, this is the man of God. He takes care of us. He comes by and sees us. How many of you have gotten a visitation from Billy Jones at least once in your lifetime while you're at this church? Raise your hand. Come on. If you Have you gotten a phone call from Pastor Billy Jones? Raise your hand. Has Billy Jones done anything for you? Raise your hand. Okay. So check this out, ladies and gentlemen. He's a man of God. He's checked up on you. He's cared about you. He's come visit you when you're sick. Have you done anything to bless him? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Y'all done got quiet on me now. My wife and I are men and women of God. We serve as missionaries. Without missionaries, you wouldn't even have a church. Missionaries are the ones that establish churches. So this wouldn't even be here unless a missionary came. But we're men and women of God. How many will say that we're men and women of God? Raise your hand. Yes, Brother Raph is a man of God. I'm not asking you to give me anything. I'm just saying have you done anything to bless the man of God? You give your tithes and offering, but have you given anything to bless the man of God? I want you to read this. Verse 11, and I want you to see what happens. And it happened one day that when he came there, and he turned the upper room, turned, he turned to the upper room to lay down. He went, he went there to go to sleep. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. When he called her, she stood before him, and he said to him, say to her, look, you have been concerned 
for us and caring for us. What can I do for you? See, some of you guys got needs. But because you're not blessing the man of God, God is cutting off your provision. Because you're holding on to the little bit that you think you need instead of giving it to the man of God in obedience to God. And I'm not saying just give because you out of compulsion, because the Bible says, no, give with a joyful heart, not a compulsion. Not because I'm forcing you to give. You should be giving to the man of God because it's in your heart to know that it's the right thing to do. I'm sorry, but get mad at me. Billy did not ask me to teach this. This was already in the works because I got to teach you the weapons. Because how can God bless you with more if you're holding on with what you got? Got a closet full of junk. Oh, Lord, bless me with a new car. Well, you got three junk ones in the backyard. Get rid of one of them. When I was her age, I gave away my first car to a young man that needed it. How many cars have we given away in our life? I think about three cars, just giving them away. And when I did that, God replaced it with something else. But not be, I didn't give to get anything. I gave because it was the right thing to do. So let's go back. He says, what can I do for you? Do you want me to speak to the king or the commander of the army on your behalf? And she's like, no, nah, I'm good. My husband, make, my husband Terry makes a lot of money. We retire. We good to go. We don't need nothing. Everything's copacetic. So he said, what then is to be done for her? And then the servant says, hey, I know what we can do. This woman needs a child. They got all this, but they don't have anyone to leave it with, to leave it to. So he said, and he called her and she stood in the doorway and he, he prophesies over her and says, about this time next year, you shall embrace the son. Uh-oh, look now. This does remind me of somebody's wife, Miss Terry. This is how I hear your voice when I, she says, what? No, my Lord, man of God. Don't lie to me. <laughs> you saying I, I'm old. I, I'm not about having any babies. Don't you, don't you give me all, like, what? Me? No. Verse 17. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come just as Elijah had told her, as the worship leaders come. I went over about five minutes, but I believe it's important that you guys understand that you have three important weapons that you need to start using. Prayer and intercession. You got to pray. 